Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Hello, sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So glad that you could all be here with me today. And we're going to be talking about vulvas. And actually, it was an interesting thing that showed up for me on this topic. It was kind of um, curious, actually, today. I was at a PTA meeting because that's what you do when you're a sex and intimacy coach. You also join the PTA. And I was just, I casually said to one of the uh, the mums in the PTA that uh, she was talking about something about uh, polycystic ovary syndrome. And I said, she was like, I'm so sorry to bring this up. And I'm like, oh, no, I, I talk about sex and bodies and all this all the time. And I said, in fact, tonight I'm talking about vulvas. And she was like, well, what's a vulva? I'm like, oh, girlfriend, I get to explain vulva to you. So I want to let you all know, you you know, if you identify yourself as gender female and you have the genitals that match the gender female, you have a vulva. And I get that maybe this is new, actually, because this mom is actually my age, but this is not a conversation that people talk about. They know what a vagina is, but they don't know what the vulva is, and they don't even know they have a vestibule either. That's new too, right? And you might not have even heard of the vestibule before, right? So we're going to kind of talk about this so you can get get that you're actually still friends with your vulva, and she's still friends with you even though you might have thought that you abandoned her, she abandoned you, and you guys are like on the outs. You might be, but you can get back to being friendly again. So we're going to be talking about that today. So why on earth would I talk about stuff like this? Well, most of my life I've been totally fascinated by all things sociological, anthropological, psychological, physiological related to sex and intimacy mostly related to sex and different things that have gone on historically as well regarding different sexual acts, things that have been acceptable, things that have been illegal. That stuff has fascinated me my whole life. And so on top of being fascinated by physiology in general, and I work with people uh, on their health in my practice, um, I do different various modalities to assist them to have more ease in their bodies. I also have uh, my certificate in sex and intimacy coaching. So that's another thing that I offer through my private practice. And what I find more and more is that as much as we have massive amounts of access to information, like we can Google search anything, we don't actually choose to know or even remember things. Because we have such immediate access to information, we often completely forget that we can know something and it's it's almost like it's not that it has to be memorized it's that we can actually know it without having to look it up so i'd like you to know that you know that you have you know if you identify as gender female and you have 
sex organs that are female sex organs, you have a vulva and you have a vagina. Chances are pretty high you have a vagina unless you've somehow had it surgically removed. And you have a vestibule. And what's the difference? So the vulva is everything on the outside. It's your mom's pubis. It includes your clitoris. It includes your labia minora, your labia majora. Like, And you're wondering, what are those? Those are those lips, those beautiful lips that you have, those little ones and the big ones and your clitoris if you don't know where that is that cool too we're going to talk about it but you know it actually wasn't until the last couple of hundred years that the clitoris was even really even acknowledged so i understand if you're if you're behind the times and you're like i had a clitoris where cool we're going to talk about that because we're going to get back to being friends with our vulva and it's really helpful to know what that is but I also want you to distinguish and understand the difference between the vulva, the vagina, and the vestibule. So the vestibule is that part that's in between your vulva and your vagina. It's that kind of like there's this little opening area. That's your vestibule. That's not that's not your vaginal opening, and that's not your external sexual um, organs, right? So 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 fun to even know you got these parts. These parts you might not even realize that you had. And there are so many ways that we have ignored vulvas. We, had, we For one, the, the friend of mine who didn't even realize that she has one, what is that, right? That's how much we ignore it. We don't even talk about it. And I, I am that strange mom in, in the PTA that talks about these things. And um, I actually do have quite a few... Um, quite a few listeners who are parents at the school or work within the school. So it's kind of cool that um, I have, you know, local people in my area who actually listen to my show, which is cool, but I also have people through the whole world listening to this show. And I totally understand that in a lot of countries, sex education is not taught. In fact, even if you are identifying as gender female, walking around with sex organs that are female sex organs, you may never have even been educated on what your actual sexual organs are. And I get that. I have a cousin who was raised in Serbia, uh, who was part of the former Yugoslavia, which is in Europe, for those of you who are not really sure where that is. And my cousin is six years younger than me. And she, at the age of 19 had absolutely no awareness of where her vagina was, where the opening was, where a tampon would go. She knew none of it. So I get that. I get that you might not know. And I'm not here to, like, poke at you for not knowing. I'm here to educate you, to let you know what you have. And what you have is an amazing freaking gift of these this amazing sex organs that have so many pleasure sensations what you have is this basically this this portal to orgasms this portal to life this portal to like expression and what a gift and what do we do we hide it we hide it and we ignore it sweet vulvas of the world <laughs> i'm talking to you <laughs> and and i'm talking to you because i realize that you don't get talked to very much there's not a lot of conversation going on with you 
right? Like, who's actually talking to you? You get wiped, you get shaved, you get abused, you get battered. You might sit on a bike for a while and then you get, like, sore. Things happen to you, my sweet vulva, but not a lot of it is praise and not a lot of it is is actually uh, anything to do with feeling like you have a companion called your vulva. But your vulva is still your friend. And as much as you've ignored her or you've even abused her or others have abused her and you've then rejected everything that she's going to say to you or that she can say to you, she's she's your friend. And just like any friend, if you've ignored your friend for like, I don't know, 20, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, if you've ignored a friend of yours for that long, never messaged her, never called her, never sent her a card, never wished her a happy birthday, um, you might not have a friend left, right? <laughs> so it's kind of a funny thing when we ignore we tend to ignore certain body parts more than others or we judge certain body parts more than others. So when we do that, what are you doing with the relationship? What's it creating? Is it creating any sense of enjoyment, love, or, you know, do you feel like, wow, this is a really abusive relationship. Look at me, I'm abusing my vulva. Or do you feel like it's neglectful, which is a form of abuse? Do you feel like you're neglecting it? Do you feel like you don't even want to acknowledge that it exists? And I have to tell you, there are a lot of people who do not want to even acknowledge that their vulva exists for many reasons. There are so many reasons. So, you know, let's look at some of the top ones. Let's look at historically, why have we ignored the vulva? Well, historically, you know, women would have probably explored their vulvas in their own private ways, which would have been, you know, if we really go back to the goddess worship times when all things vulva had to do with life-giving mysteries of the universe, uh, magic flowing out of the vulva that was life-creating and life-taking, those vulvas were absolutely magic. And then we had a little bit of something called a change in the system. <laughs> and at that point, you know, historically, like when women began to be less acknowledged as magical, or even their vulvas truly being acknowledged as magical, the, the less their, the vulva has been seen as magical and mysterious and fun and playful, the more it became dirty, wrong, and awful, and ignored. And so at the time of Hippocrates, you know, there was very, very little written about anything to do with the vulva. And it's not that they couldn't have figured some stuff out. It's not that they couldn't have explored it. It's that they didn't do that because it was quite kind of like shunned upon for men to touch women who were not their wives. And so even if they had a cadaver, they would not touch anything to do with her genitals to even explore that on a cadaver. It was really considered disgraceful in a way. And that belief carried on until around the 1700s. Isn't that just insane? So thousands and thousands of years 
there was there was so much speculation going on about penises. And I love a good penis, and I actually have a great guest coming on in December. Um, the topic is Conscious Cock, and it's going to be an amazing show, and I'm looking so forward to it. The author, he's an author of, the author of Conscious Cock is going to be on with us, and we're going to talk about the amazing mysteries of the cock. And for, and he loves calling it that, so that's why I'm calling it that. And, um, and, and truly for women, you know, even when you look at art that's thousands of years old, you look at the Venus de Milo, and when you look at the body of Venus, she's kind of like always kind of shyly like moving her leg, her vulva area, you can kind of see the mons pubis, but she doesn't really have pubic hair. She's very childlike in her innocence, and her genitals don't have any kind of necessarily sex sex appeal, but they're definitely hidden. Where you look at most of the art at the same time, and the 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 men that are depicted at that time are usually fully naked. Well, Venus de Milo is too, but fully naked. And they usually, at some points, although a lot of them, uh, the penises have been broken off over time for different various reasons, either age or there was actually like a whole slew in time where penises were removed from a lot of statues based on one, I think it was a king that was like anti-penises on the statues. (laughs) So there was like, there was changes politically that were going on. But when the when the statues were created and a lot of the paintings and depictions of penises that are, you know, a thousand, two thousand years old that are still in existence, those penises are usually erect. They're usually massive, especially when you see ancient Greek paintings of men whose like penises could wrap around, you know, an entire person like a giant snake. Um, I was in Greece. I didn't see any of those gigantic penises. Maybe I missed out on that. I was even at naked beaches to see if I could see these giant snake-like penises that would wrap around people's bodies. Did not see those. I mean, there's some fabulous penises out there, but I didn't see any that wrapped around like that. So there's always been a sort of fascination around penises, and they've gotten a lot more recognition and a lot more study than the vulva including the clitoris, which has not had a lot of study until around the 1700s. And even at that, there was a lack of information and connection and and even just science behind how does this this bit, how does this part of the body even operate? What's the purpose? But I bet you there's been a lot of women, and I know there has been, who have explored their clitorises but never really passed on that information so much to the male doctors or whatever, especially because this was not a conversation that people were having. And really the conversation got bigger and bigger in the 1800s, around the time when women had hysteria and you had to do something to make sure that they wouldn't be hysterical. (laughs) So we've been ignoring our sweet vulvas for so long. Why? Because we could not even talk about them. And, you know, there would have been women like midwives who would have been seeing these genitals, but they were not considered physicians. So they did not have necessarily so much of a right to discuss what they knew about anatomy. So it's a fascinating thing about how repressed the vulva has been for so long. And then at one point, it had actually been highly revered. And for those of you who are 
fascinated by this conversation. There's an amazing book out there called Pussy, a Reclamation by Mama Gina, and she's amazing. And um, I actually get her emails all the time because I got to see Mama G last year in February in New York, and she's such a gift. So if you're fascinated by the history of the vulva, I would definitely encourage you to check out Mama G's book, Pussy, a Reclamation. And also, a great book that I just recently found um, in chapters, actually, in Canada, which would also be Indigo, I guess, um, in the U.S., and it's called The Vagina Bible, and it's written by a Canadian gynecologist by the name of Dr. Jen Gunter, and she's amazing, and she's got a lot of um, little quibble things that she writes in there that are pretty funny, commentaries to herself, like you can almost hear her brain thinking when she's talking about stuff, and uh, just a beautiful way for you to even get to become friends with your vulva again. It's such an education, learning about your vulva, your vagina, the difference, how, you know, it, it's, it, it can be such a joy for you and for your body to feel, like, reconnected. And for me, information is a great way to start to feel connected to different things. And that might not be your way, but if it is, then I highly encourage you to check out those books. So we're going to talk more about your vagina, your vulva, still your friend, when we come back from our commercial, you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich where she will entice you and your body to know your own Pleasure Zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at milicajelanich.com. Now, 
back to the program. Welcome back, sweet pleasure seekers. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And tonight we're talking about your vulva is still your friend. I just want you to think about some time in your life, if this has ever occurred to you, where you really felt disgusted or put off by your vulva, where you looked at it and you were like, ugh, or you looked at your vulva and you thought, ugh, if I could just do something different. You know, there's a whole group of, whole group, I wouldn't call them a group, but there's like this trend occurring where women are going for labiaplasty. Really, that actually mortifies me, that women would think that their vulvas are so unattractive that they have to get plastic surgery to change their bodies in order to have their bodies look more like what they see in pornography. And really, it's for labiaplasties going on in a way that it's shocking to me that it's like in countries in the world where women are being forced into having clitoridectomies, you know, women being um, circumcised. This is forced upon them, although some women say that it's not forced. They actually are okay with it because they feel that it helps them to feel more connected to their culture. Okay, I understand that, I suppose. The brutality of it, whether you're doing it through a plastic surgeon or you're doing it through a ritual circumcision, to me, blows my mind. Blows my mind. And I just, when I connect in with the bodies, as much as some people's minds have said, yes, this is good because it's religious, or yes, this is good because my body will look more like the porn stars. I have to tell you, ladies, if you're listening out there, and if you don't have that flat vulva like you see in porn stars, guess what? That's okay. Because there are many of us out here in the world who don't have the flat porn star vulva. I have said this, and I will say this many times on this show, I have a bulky vulva, and I'm, like, pretty fucking proud of it. (laughs) So the more that I see women choosing to destroy their vulvas, I'm just, like, kind of going counterbalancing that, going, wow, what if we can celebrate them? And there's also a whole trend of removing pubic hair. And I find that fascinating because I'm watching the... You know, so my daughter is pre-puberty right now. She's on that verge. And there, she has such excitement for pubic hair. Like, there's this overwhelming joy of this thought of pubic hair. And, and just the other day, I was, like, vacuuming, and this thought came into my head. I'm like, she's so excited about it, yet the rest of – there's this massive um, number of people, women particularly in society, that are just ripping it out stripping it away, lasering it off. And that's cool. Like, if you don't like your pubic hair that much, go ahead, laser it off, or wax it off, or shave it off, or whatever. But I think that it's fascinating that there's such a polar opposite going on, right? For the kids who are hitting puberty, that there's like sort of an excitement for the change in their bodies, and they're like, wow, look, I got proof from growing up. And for whatever it is, I don't know if it's like we want to deny that we're growing up, so we want to get rid of our pubic hair, 
or whatever it is, whatever that is, whatever that judgment is, just why don't we ask our bodies first, do you like pubic hair? Is it working for you? Is it getting you the lovers that you would like? And you'd be surprised. Sometimes it's the more mature lovers. Like my husband, for example, of you know, about six months ago, he's like, you know, I actually really like pubic hair, so it'd be kind of cool if you didn't shave it all off. And I was shaving it all off because I was like, well, I'm trying to make it so that you enjoy this. And it was never, and this is coming from me, the Pleasure Zone host for the last five years, been educating myself on sex and intimacy forever. I was doing that for my partner, not for me. If I was truly doing it for me, I'd be like, I'd be like enjoying, I actually like hair on bodies, so I like burying my face in the hairy parts because I like the scent that comes off of it, especially when I like the smell of my my partner. If I like the smell of my partner and that's like in their, in their armpit and like they got hair in there and I can like smell them more, I love it. Yeah, keeping it under control is cool. Like so that you're not like necessarily choking on pubic hair. But I I like I like to know that there's hair there and I don't want to have I don't necessarily want to be with somebody who's totally totally hairless either cuz it's nice to be with like a uh, manly man, right? So I like men with hair. I'm good with that. And although my husband has like zero hair on his chest and probably never has, he he has hair in all the places that matter <laughs> to me. So that's cool. <laughs> so that's really funny. There's the conversation in the chat room, um, which is crack you up right now. There's all kinds of talk about pubic hair, about what's going on with it, appreciating it, getting over waxing it, and then learning how to navigate your way through pubic hair. <laughs> Navigating, that's uh, such a great word. It's like you're in this tunnel of hair. It's like, how do you see through this? It's not that bad, but I love it. It's funny. So, yes, trimming it um, definitely can be an, a you know great assist. Um, although, by all means, I have a lot of friends who are very hippie-ish, as we might call them. And I swear they have, like, they crack me up. They'll just walk around, bathing suits on, and pubic hair flying out, like... And they just have, they're just like, whatever, that's my body. And they don't even give a crap what other people are thinking. I love it. I just love their freedom of it. I don't have that kind of um, freedom of expression when it comes to my pubic hair. It's like flying out of left, right, and center. Probably if I was on my own on a beach, um, you know, nudist beach, I'd be totally cool with that. And In fact, at a nudist beach, I would want pubic hair. Um, because it would serve a purpose to not have my genitals get burned. So I would want pubic hair there, and also just for some privacy sort of. I would find that if I was like at a nudist beach and I like completely shaved off, I would feel really vulnerable, strangely. And there's something, and just see what's true for you too, is like does your vulva like having pubic hair on it? Because maybe... It does. Maybe it actually enjoys it. And there's this, like, sort of, you know, sense of, like, protection or um, guardedness or something that keeps it from being completely exposed, right? So 
that's just something to think about for you personally how that works for you. <laughs> so, yes, our pubic hair does have function. From what we know scientifically, there's also, you know, our pubic hair can help with micro microscopic kind of like bacteria and things to avoid them from entering. It, it totally serves a purpose. It does hold scent, so pheromones, that's another thing from the apocrine glands and the, the um there's other glands that I can't remember the name of right now, but the ones that secrete smell exocrine and apocrine, I think they're trying to remember all this like science terms, but I love it. Insulation. Yes. So there's more conversation about the pubic hair in the chat room about insulation, a little fuzz for discretion. Totally. And, you know, for when you go to the gym to me, I would like prefer if I'm looking around that like I see pubic hair, it won't, I will get less distracted than if I see somebody with no pubic hair and then I'm just like staring. And if I don't, you know, if I see pubic hair, I'm like, hey, cool, there's pubic hair. But if there isn't, I'm like, whoa, what's that? What's happening? What's... And then my brain goes into like this automatic, uh, it's it's like a calculation. Like, oh my God, my labia are bigger than hers. Like, I don't want to know the size of somebody's labia necessarily, unless I'm, like, having sex with them. I don't, like, I don't need all that information. Some of it seems to just guess. Um, but I find that my brain, if I see too much, I start comparing myself too much, and then, like, the crazies happen. So it's easier not to go there. <laughs> so, so getting back to being friends with our vulvas, what, you know, so many ways that you can become friends. With your vulva, again, because she didn't abandon you, you probably abandoned her. So there, that could be a really fun exploration for you. So what are some of the fun things that you could choose to reacquaint yourself with your vulva? And I'm going to give you a minute or two to think about that because we're about to head to commercial break. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com this is the pleasure zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. 
To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at militzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. Tonight, we're talking about your vulva and that your vulva is still your friend. So if you have felt like disconnection going on, if you felt like you just rather ignore it, you don't even want to talk about it, and and I hear a lot of women say stuff like that that they that they even you know after a certain age or if they've had children or something they're like oh well it doesn't matter sex doesn't matter to me I'm not interested anyway and I'm not saying that you know you have to be interested in sex but what I invite you to look at is what is really going on you know. What is going on? Like, is your vulva actually asking for attention and you're denying it? Or is your vulva really going, I'm really not interested in attention from this person and is actually time to explore other options? Maybe toys, maybe other lovers, maybe just you reconnecting with your vulva. And there are, um, in the chat room, my friend Jennifer wrote a question, what judgments of others on our vulvas are we picking up? And I would say there are many, 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 especially about the look, the smell, the texture, the feel, the function, the appropriate response time. You know, we have so many judgments, and they aren't even always just from our lovers. They can be from other people just walking around. You can hear these judgments, you know. You can hear a lot of these judgments even in your own head when you're watching pornography, for example. It's a great way to bring up a lot of judgments is to watch porn and then realize how much you judge yourself uh, against other bodies or judge their bodies. It's um, an interesting it's an interesting exercise in getting to know where you still have crap about your own sexual self. So what what judgments do we have? And oh there's an interesting some in, interesting stuff coming into the chat room. So one of the things is that um one of the people said I developed early um in other words hit puberty early and remember and she remembers her mom being horrified. Isn't that something? So you know so many parents just can't even function or deal with first educating themselves on how to educate their children about their bodies. So many parents don't have the education, so they can't pass it on. And then the next judgment is, well, you, you know, I also wonder is like how much was your mom kind of projecting things at you and being super jealous of the beauty of your body and not, and for her, um, having an inability to even acknowledge that her maybe her body had beauty as well. So, you know, her being disgusted at her own body or, or having pubic hair 
or for you to even have it because God forbid that you end up being a more sexy, sensual being than she is because really pubic hair is one of those things where you are now entering like womanhood and your sexy is getting on. Until that pubic hair shows up, most people don't think of you as a sexual being. But once pubic hair shows up and you are hitting puberty, you have now stepped into this new zone where you are acknowledged by everybody as a sexual being. And the potential for you to be sexier than her was probably pretty freaking high. So just, you know, just a tad of jealousy going on, I'm sure. And, you know, it's actually quite strange and common that, especially between mothers and daughters, that they'll repress their own sexual energy around each other. So my challenge for me is that I don't repress or suppress my sexual energy around anybody ever, Um, And it's interesting because I can become very aware of where I do that, where I'll actually notice, like, wow, that person is a person I don't want to even um, acknowledge that I have genitals around. Or that person is like my genitals light up like a freaking thunderstorm. So it just depends on who you're around. But it's an interesting observation to start to notice where you try and turn off your sexual energy. And I... I recommend that you pay attention to your vulva on that because she will definitely give you signs. Your vulva, the vestibule, and your vagina will all give you a lot of information if you listen to it about what, you know, about who is willing to allow themselves to be empowered around you, who you are willing to be empowered around and where you shut those things off. And a lot of times, too, just noticing, like, do you shut off your sexual energy around others who shut off their sexual energy? Are you mimicking them? And that just might happen. And then when and if you are able to maintain your sexual energy in the face of people who are rejecting theirs, they tend to get pretty angry, and they tend to get pretty jealous. So... For example, if my if um you know, for example, my daughter, if she she's a very sensual person and so to deny her her sensuality would be like cruel. So in order to allow people to develop who they are, you also have to acknowledge that part of them that is that sexual part of them because that is such an integral part of who they are. It's not all that they are, but when we deny that part, we it's like we're cutting off we're cutting off like a good percentage of them, right? So if you're willing to be present, be your sexual self and allow others to show up fully present as their sexual self is one of the to me super gifts that we can give people. That's one area where we tend to not let other people show up fully or not let ourselves show up fully. So, well, you know, in other areas we'll let people show up. We're like, hey, great, you can be a great cook. I'll let you show up as a great cook. But when it comes to being a great lover, it's an interesting thing. I would say even until like the last four or five years, probably since my radio show started, I was not always comfortable being a sexual being around my mom. And then it would twist her energy and it turned into this tumbleweed of weird stuff. 
And now we have like the most random and funny conversations that are very open. And um, and there's and I watch my mom flirt now, which is so cool. She's like allowing. She knows that she's a goofy flirt, and she's absolutely hilarious to flirt. Like I I want to take a video of her one day flirting with this one particular person in our area. That she's cracks me up when she flirts. It's like I, it's the most crazy thing you've ever seen, but it's so her and. And uh, it's fun to watch people show up as them fully sexually present in whatever way they are showing up. Such a gift. And and it can remind you of how it doesn't always have to look the same. It doesn't have to look like you're so alluring and like, oh, my God, look at my deep, dark brown eyes or something, which I have blue eyes. But I've always had this interesting point of view that to be really sexually alluring, you have to have, like, dark brown hair and brown eyes and like super red lips and it was really funny um i was actually working with megan salito last week and uh, she had she just cracked me up because uh she was coaching me through um me being a a well, she gave me a name for it. it was a a goof seductress and i totally am that i'm like goofy and a seductress at the same time but i'm not I'm like it's like serious seduction and trying to like give the faces I laugh at myself because that's just not me being true to me. And even my husband thinks it's funny that when I my seduction is like I bop around the house, like skipping around, and I show him my ass randomly, and I'm like, check out my butt. And he's like, you're the best. And that's like me being a seductress. So, <laughs> so yes, I love that there's acknowledgement going on that sometimes we – can make people uncomfortable by being too sexy, whether it's as a mom or even as a human being, uh, as a daughter. Um, yeah, it freaks people out. But I encourage you to grow that more. Expand the crap out of that and be, like, unbelievably sexy and present. And that will start to shift their stuff. That will actually start to shift them to be able to be more uh, more of their sexual selves even around you and being okay with it. It's um, it's that right now there might be this little transition phase where you're just kind of even accepting that yourself and really stepping into and owning your sexual energy. And, and as you step into it, there are these kind of like awkward phases that kind of show up until you feel um, really true to that, like when it's really true for you. So pretty funny. It's pretty funny stuff. So let's get back to our vulvas and becoming friends with them. So there's things I'd like you to do. And before we went to the last break, I was asking you to think about some ways that you could become friends with your vulva again. And I, what I get, you know, for everyone it's going to be different, but I would really start with something so, so simple by putting your hand on your vulva and just going, hey, Chiquita, what's up? Or you can call her whatever you like, but like, I like Chiquita or Chiquitita because I really like ABBA. Uh, but whatever you want to call your vulva that makes you happy and smile, go for it. And just hands on, not even for stimulation, just for holding. Like, how many times in your life have you just wanted to be held and then it turns into sex, but you were just like, I just wanted to be held? 
And why is it as soon as a penis hits my butt, then all of a sudden it gets turned on and needs to fuck? Well, that happens. But, you know, what if you can just hold your body and that in the holding and being present, it's not required to have anything else? You don't have to masturbate. You don't have to, like, check and see if it smells okay. Like, you don't have to check all the judgments. You don't have to, like, groom. Just hold. Just hold. And become aware of the emotions that start to arise. There might be some sadness or grief or joy or whatever it is, but just start to know that you've got a friend. You've got a friend in me. (laughs) That was a song from some kid's show, I think. You've got a friend in me. I can't remember. Uh, The tune is like in my head now, but I'd, I'd start with that. Start with just holding because there's so many times where our bodies have that sort of sadness and loneliness. And if you haven't seen a friend in 25 years and you finally like break down that barrier of vulnerability to go and talk to them or uh, meet up with them or whatever, and you finally see them and they're willing to like be vulnerable with you and all the barriers go down and you have this like hug that is is just so incredibly heartwarming and just so kind and you know there's nothing about sex going on it's just reconnecting with your friend oh yes thank you jennifer it's from toy story you've got a friend in me yes guys thank you (laughs) so yes just like your vulva you've got a friend in me (laughs) so i think that's because toy story 4 is coming out or something maybe i'm tapping into that or maybe it already did i don't know so what yeah, what contribution can you be to having a greater commitment to listen to your vulva, to connecting with it, and so listening to it. I know. Did you know that it makes more sounds than sloppy sex sounds? Like more sounds than that. Yes, your vulva actually makes more communication than than sloppy, sticky past sounds. And I've always thought that the vulva when it's really wet and you got the penetration action happening, it sounds a little bit like pasta sauce, like Alfredo pasta sauce. And that's just always been my thing about the vulva's interesting sounds. But the communication is an energetic communication. So she's got lots to tell you. And so we're heading off to our last commercial break. And as we do, I totally encourage you to put your hand on your vulva and see what she's got to tell you. And we're going to head off to our commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich where she will entice you and your body to know your own Pleasure Zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at milicajelanich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. And tonight we've been talking about your vulva is still your friend and different ways to connect with that. Because even though you might have thought, yeah, no, no, she's not. She's not doing me any favors. You know, having sex is painful. Doing this is not fun. And for some of you, you might have something called vulvodynia, which is actually like painful sex where vulva hurts during penetration. Even sometimes the vulva can hurt even with just very light touch. So if you do have something like that, like a vulvodynia going on, you know you can energetically connect with your vulva by just putting your hand, hovering it above your vulva and starting to ask what would bring it more ease, what would bring it more joy and what would have you feel like a sense of gratitude for your vulva, a sense of going, oh my God, she's always hurting. It's like, what can you look at that would allow you to be grateful for it, for your vulva? And so Making, you know, whether you're making a list or you can make uh, an image to show your gratitude of your vulva. And I think Georgia O'Keeffe was one of those most amazing artists that depicted some of the most beautiful images of vulvas ever in the labia and just like women's sexual organs in the form of these beautiful flower paintings. And growing up, when I was a teenager, we had a print, a Georgia O'Keeffe print in the very front of our house. Uh, like, you walk in the door, and there was this Georgia O'Keeffe gorgeous print. And um, I never even realized it until about 10 years ago when I asked my mom, whatever happened to that great flower picture we had? My mom's like, that was a Georgia O'Keeffe. That was a vulva. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Wow. Isn't that so fun? <laughs> so, so yeah, maybe your vulva is asking you for something fancy like new panties or maybe she'd like to be fancied up with some some um, beautiful body paints or maybe she'd like to have some gem stickers put on her. Maybe she would like to have photographs taken of her, like having her very own portraits. Um, beautiful pictures that you can admire or you even doing your own painting of your beautiful vulva and just the sense of gratitude that you can gift to her. And to really honor that she's gotten you through life and she might have even gifted life. She's probably gifted you pleasure and 
you might have forgotten about her and you might have forgotten to say thank you. You might have forgotten to say thank you more than a few times. And wouldn't it be fun, just for fun, every time you have an orgasm, thank your vulva. Thank you, vulva. Thanks so much. Um, I haven't tried that yet, actually. I just came up with that. So thank your vulva for every orgasm. You know, I often like will ask my bank account to get filled with money for every orgasm, but even just saying thank you is pretty sweet. Because whatever you say you know, thank you for whatever you have gratitude for increases that. It just increases the everything you're putting the attention on. So gratitude for orgasms. Thank you, Volva, for gifting me and allowing me to be gifted an orgasm. Woo, so lucky. And you know, there are so many other things that you can apply to feeling a sense of gratitude. You know, you could always write a letter if that makes you happy, a poem. You could sing a song. It depends on your capacities and what brings you joy. And it's actually funny because my friend, uh, Keisha, who's actually producing my show tonight, is an amazing singer. I could just imagine you, darling, singing like super sexy vulva songs. OMG. That would be so freaking cool. (laughs) So, just saying. Um, There may be vulva songs coming out from Keisha Clark, the vulva whisperer be so awesome so so cool plus she has a total like love of the vulva which is even better <laughs> so it helps to helps to love the vulva to sing to the vulva vulva vulvic love songs they could even have like these like nordic sort of uh, feelings of like those women who do those guttural throat songs that would just be so cool i'm on a tangent um next week i have a show coming up that i have to remember what it's about i'm gonna go check it out because i can't remember but i am so excited about uh, the december show my very first show in december but the conscious cock show is going to be so awesome so just remember to keep listening to my shows because there's always cool stuff coming in and coming up and if you'd ever like to be a guest just contact me Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in.